Tantrum House Board Gaming Podcast is recorded live from Studio WKRD in Greenville, South Carolina. This podcast is brought to you by our friendly local game store, Boardwalk, purveyors of fine games. Bezier Games, the new classics. AEG, we make fun. The Game Steward, your second chance at Kickstarter games. And Game Toppers, LLC, upgrading your gaming experience. Your hosts are here to help you sort through the cardboard commotion to help you find the diamonds in the rough. So buckle up, especially if you're driving right now, because you're about to arrive at the Tantrum House. Hello, hello, and welcome to yet another show. Today we got Will Meadows. Sarah Meadows. Sidekick Larry. Ryan Pills. And Jonah Duke. In the house. Thanks for hanging out and joining us, everybody. Kevin and Melissa are out of, not just out of town, but they are out of the country by the time you're listening to this. Uh, they had some plans to go hang out in the, across the pond lands. I actually don't exactly know where they're going. London, England, all the places over there. UK. I think you could have just said across the pond. And that would have been good. Yep. Covered all across the bases. Across the pond lands, he says. Pond lands. That's, nope. good, that's a good point. Little. Sounds like a board game. Oh, I like Across that. Across the Bond Lands. <laughs> I don't know if I'd want to play the game, but... I'd look at it. Twins on the art, as per the usual for me. Uh, had some opportunity to play some games this week. We've got a couple of interviews in this episode. There's a lot going on on Kickstarter these days, so we'll be telling you about some of the games coming, and uh, we'll have some interviews with some Kickstarter creators. Um, but before we get into all that, why don't we talk about some of the games that we've been playing most recently. Uh, I, I don't know if we talked about this on a previous episode. I finally got an opportunity to play... The Merchant the of Guild the Guild of Merchant Explorers. From AEG. With the worst name ever. All the Good game. It's not the worst name ever. It's not the worst name. But it, like it doesn't do diligence to the game. It's though. very difficult to remember. But it is fun. It is good. Very enjoyable. Had an opportunity to play this with uh, Chantel, and I think I won. I feel like I might have won. I think you did win. It was a good time. Wow. Um, oh, I was didn't... Melissa not there? Correct. That's why I won. <laughs> she she says I think she said she's won every game she's played. Oh. And this might be in her top oh. ten now. Except no. for the one where she lost to me. Dun dun dun. What? And Larry. And Larry. Me and Jonah. I didn't know how to play. Down. Me and Larry. Maybe it's not in her top ten. Smacked. <laughs> uh speaking of this game, I've played it a few times. I, I stole it from the tantrum house, took it home so I could play it with Chantel. We've played it maybe five or six times and I was I beat Chantel like the first Four times, and then the last two times, I've been I've been beat by Chantel, oh, and it's it out. bad. Oh, like, ooh. I'm getting beat beat. Like, mm. these are 50-point <laughs> losses. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, not, they're not good. So that hasn't been fun. But also, I have something else fun to say that we can go back to this game. Sorry to hijack it from you. Uh, did, did you guys remember when I was telling you that I got my son Jay, he's four, to play uh, Seven Wonders Architects yeah. against three grown people uh-huh. and he beat Anyone? us. Yeah. Yeah. So he asked to play it again nice. yesterday and beat us again. <laughs> and then he, that or maybe two days ago, then he asked again to play yesterday and won again. And what? I'm, and I'm getting a little like <laughs> a little frustrated, but at the same time, it's so funny because he's like, Oh, green. I'll take the green one. Perfect. And then it's like the perfect card. It's like matches, special ability. Oh, look at this one. The red one immediately wins the battles. Like it's, it's like, come on now. I'm over here trying. We need to get him over here for a live playthrough. That sounds like what? Anyway, we're having a fun time because he keeps winning. That's hilarious. I love it. Uh, I heard that Larry might've gotten a chance to get Ark Nova to the table. Oh yeah. Give us a rundown on that. Finally got that, uh, from the store, we've been waiting months, as months. as everyone has been waiting, I suppose. Number one on the BGG hotness oh, right man. now. Everybody's waiting. Um, yeah, we got it out. Uh, it's it's good. Yeah. I like the hype. The hype is really up there, but it's a good game. Um, it's definitely a long learning game. Okay, first game. It's a long. It's a long tour through. <laughs> um, it's ba- It's fairly simple though. Um, you basically only have five actions you can do. Okay. Um, but the order you take them obviously makes a difference. What you choose. There's a lot of iconography that you gotta plow through a little bit. But once you get the gist of it, it kind of makes sense. Um, there's a. So basically, you're trying to build your zoo. Um, there's a ton of cards. There's like over 200 cards in the deck. 
um, of animals and different kind of um, conservation things they have. Um, and I think they have like workers that help you. They call them something else. I forget what they call them. Zookeepers. No, I don't think they're the zookeepers. <laughs> but they should have called them the zookeepers. Okay. So. Keep it simple. They have some cool uh, future name probably. Yeah. So basically you're building your, your little zoo here. You Every player has their own map, basically a map of a zoo. And you have to build cages, and then you have to fit animals into the specific cages. Some of them have specific requirements, like one has to be near the water. The penguins, they got to be near the water for some reason, or need to be near the mountains. For such. some reason. Why did you say the penguins have to be near the water for some reason? Do you, do you not know the reason that they would need to be near the water? Um, He's not a zoologist. Okay. Yeah. Do I look like a zoologist? <laughs> okay. I'm a, I'm a gamer, man. Um, no, but you uh, kind of go through. Um, the scoring is very interesting because you have both appeal an appeal track, which gaining animals like bananas gives you appeal. <laughs> no, well, no. Um, are there people, tigers in the zoo? There are tigers. Is There's there all kinds of animals. Tiger King. Oh, I was the <laughs> Tiger King, okay. but I lost. <laughs> oh, I went to jail. Um, You're never going to recover financially. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so you're basically there's two tracks around the board. The bottom track is your appeal. Basically, as you get more animals, obviously you're attracting more customers. Basically, that's the gist of it. And then at the top is conservation. So you're doing different things. Like some of the things ask you to let some animals go. So you just lose animals out of your zoo. Uh, some of them are just gaining certain animals from different continents and kind of set collection type stuff. Um, but that track moves along the top of the board. And as you go around the board, sooner or later they meet. Um, and once you cross uh, your tracks, uh, that's when the end game starts. Hmm. And then the distance between the difference between your tracks as you pass is your score. Oh, interesting. So our score was like 18 to 22 or something. So it's not like a huge score because you're like going up the appeal, but it's only the difference as they cross. Mm. So it's an interesting way to score. But, yeah, it was super fun. The art is awesome. All the animals taking yeah, a look at it. Cool. It kind of took a little bit from, like, Wingspan, where they have, like, random facts about animals and things on the on the actual cards. Tells you why those penguins are yeah. where they are. I didn't read why they needed the water. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's super fun. And... Hopefully I'll get it out more. Cool. Hopefully you'll get it out uh, maybe tonight. Let's get this podcast on the road <laughs> so we can maybe get the chance to, for everybody to play it. Uh, I think we do have, like I said, a couple of different interviews coming on. So why don't we take a moment right now to give a shout out to our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by Game Toppers LLC. Their current Kickstarter is live right now and features something that everybody has been excited about. New legs to attach to your game topper so that you don't need an existing table for uh, your game topper. So there's tons of brand new accessories also to go with it. And um, you can check out all of the different packages that Berkey has available in the campaign. It's already funded. So um, I know they're working hard getting stuff out from other campaigns and from orders currently. And this one uh, will be shipping later this year and we're actually going to get the lowdown from kevin in just a little bit uh he's going to be joining us actually why don't we do it right now let's just welcome him to the house let's say hey to kevin birkenheimen smirsmer hey hey kevin glad that we can call you berkey hey hey so great to be back at tantrum house uh, welcome back man we always enjoy hanging out and catching up and hearing all the cool things that you are working on now before we jump into the meat of why we're really here i do have a couple questions for you that that we're i'm pondering at the moment the uh first question i got for you is at what point did we realize that birkenheimen was a hard last name and that you should just shorten it was that early on in life is that a recent change yeah, I I think that happened when I was in about uh, four years old. Okay, <laughs> I don't. I, I think it was actually uh, about in junior high actually that the nickname Burke and Berkey uh, caught on, and it's a lot easier than uh, Burkhard Smyer. 
Oh, there we go. Yeah, so I was in that. I same really boat. don't care. Just don't call me late for supper, right? Right, 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 right. I was Billy growing up, and about twelve is when I realized I think we're gonna have to switch this to Will. We got to go adult name. You got to make those the hard, the hard changes. You got to make the calls. Well, cool, man. You've right. got a Kickstarter that's up right now. We are recording this early on, but you're already successfully funded. So congratulations on that. Uh, tell us what we Thank can you. expect to be in store next week when people actually hear this and when they, you know, they probably have already heard about your campaign. But if, if this is the first time they're hearing about it, give us the rundown on the 3.5 that we got going on over at Game Toppers. Well, thanks so much. You know, last year we did a 3.0 Kickstarter and we introduced a lot of new products. We have six brand new thematic game mats. And these are for some of the industry's top board game artists like Vincent Dutre did our great wall, the ancient Asia mat. It's gorgeous, right? Um, you had one of those at Tantrum Con. I think we did. Yeah, yeah. One yeah, of my favorites was- is that dark blue uh viking one i don't know what that the i don't know what that one's called oh yeah but. the viking jaroslav rudecki who did reverse of midgard for gray fox games he did our viking he also did our pirate mat which became our number one selling mat is it it's okay very cool fantabulous they are gorgeous uh, we had really a rich. lava mat that was done and then the roman theme mat that jaroslav did that did that we uh, our art was actually part of the inspiration for some of the foundations of Rome art on their board so that it could be totally compatible. Yeah. So you're playing foundations of Rome and you're going to be able to play that on this big honking mat. It's like so immersive, right? Very gorgeous. Yeah. So that was some of the new things that came on two on 3.0, but we also introduced our new leg kits and dining cover solutions. And what that allowed is game toppers is more than just a game topper. It's, it's a complete system. It's, it's about upgrading every game you play from here on out. And now you can do that by putting the topper on your table um, and converting your table into a high quality and then putting it away. Or now you can add these legs and even the dining cover. And so we offered all these new innovations, plus our accessory rails, the extension leaves, all these new accessories like the dice towers and collapsible cup holders, all the goodies. But 3.5 was interesting because as many of you know, we've had an interesting couple of years uh, where mm-hmm. supply chain has been a problem. You've talked about that a lot on some of your shows and different guests. Uh, we had to navigate that just like everybody else. And we thought, how do we, how do we benefit our backers? I have a certain amount of product that I've already purchased and more that is being ready to be manufactured. And we have one product called our dining cover that was very difficult to have manufactured in the United States and Canada. We ended up having to go overseas. They are in production right now, going to be delivered in July. Okay. Okay. So that's, we're super excited about them. People are going to love them, but the, the overseas backers haven't 90% of all of our orders have all been shipped. U S backers, Canada, they've already got all their stuff, but our overseas friends and backers uh, in Australia, 18 countries in the EU, uh, United Kingdom, they're waiting till July when these covers come in. We thought, well, a lot of those folks couldn't get our leg kits for our Mycroft and Moriarty. That's the four by four topper and the four foot by six foot. Plus, uh, a lot of times, you know, it's a system. You can get a lot of stuff, right? Right. Put it all together. Uh, so our hope was, what what can we do to make it extra special for them? So one of the things we did is we did not increase our shipping charges. And our shipping charges have gone up a bunch. Oh, I bet. Crazy. So th- this was just an effort. Hey, they've been patient, waiting. We're not going to, anybody else, if you're going to add to your orders, we're charging the same amounts uh, as for each package. And anybody new coming in is also going to be able to benefit from that. Plus crazy amount of stretch goals. I saw that that as I was scrolling through, (laughs) you've added a bunch of additional stuff. Um, One of my favorite things, I don't, I actually didn't pay attention to if this was in the uh, stretch goals or if this is just a normal product now, but uh, those mat holders that you can put four, four different mats into, I didn't realize that I needed one of those until I needed one of those. (laughs) 
<laughs> and then it right? was great. Yeah, I've been like flopping them on the back of my couch and hanging them over different places. Uh, the mat rack is super handy, and uh, I love the fact that people can see them instead of having to hide them somewhere else or whatever. Uh, keep it in the game room, and you, it makes it more. It just makes it more likely for me to swap them out because I have a tendency to just be like, oh, we'll just leave the red one on there, but. If I see it, it's right there, uh, especially if friends are coming over for game night. Uh, super cool to be able to say, oh, well, let's bust out this theme, Matt, uh, for tonight because it just is convenient. It's very cool. Well, and it creates that immersive environment. You know, I remember one time we were playing Mission Red Planet, but we had our had our uh, adventure mat out. <clears throat> and I said, one of these things just don't go together. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, but I had it all set up. I had all the little astronauts out all, there. What are we already do? ready to go? Oh, no. Yeah. And it, it's like, ah. And so I said, ah, we're doing it. We put it all away, just threw it in the box real quick, put out the space mat, then put it back on the table. And then at the end of the game, everybody made this comment. They went, wow, that Wait. was so, I'm so glad we did that. It was <laughs> much so much better. better on the space mat. It felt like you're in space. So if you're playing on the Rome mat, you're playing Trajan, it's like, you feel like you're in the Senate. You see the Coliseum right there. It's it's that immersiveness, you know? It is. It lays that groundwork. This is funny. I just realized that this is probably, this will be a meme sometime soon, but you've got the new dining topper. So you've got the game topper. It's inset on top of that, in case you're not looking at the campaign. Uh, you add these, what do you call them? Leaves that cover up your game topper. And then I just realized that what I'm actually going to do is I'm just going to have one game underneath. I'm going to have the leaves on top with another mat on top and another game on top of that. That way I can just, (laughs) you know, save time and be ready to hop between games. That's going to happen for sure. We've been doing some fun live YouTube, Facebook uh, videos on the Kickstarter page with our Steamyard app. And so we just had Dan King from Game Boy Geek was Uh, on Uh, we had Joel Eddy on and he's a big miniature player and him and Josiah, Josiah is a big miniature player. And they started talking because Joel, yeah, Josiah, my son who manages our warehouse and and all of our logistics is interesting little fact. He was the youngest star Wars Armada world's champion. Whoa, that's awesome. I did not know that. Several years ago. Yeah. In fact, he, he, he got kind of noticed in the in the in that circle, and he's ended up managing the vassal site for Armada. Oh, cool. In addition, uh, Fantasy Flight took note when he won the championships because they were live broadcasting it. He ended up creating the Grand Admiral Thrawn card that is is all the characteristics of Grand Admiral Thrawn for tournament play is from the Timothy Zahn books, where it's a very strategic building two three moves ahead type hmm. of characteristic and uh fantasy flight actually paid him to make that card and then what? Oh, that's in tournament play yeah oh man that's fantastic that's very that's cool fun right yeah yeah the, the, so. it's it's neat being able to have an impact in the entire industry uh just because you're passionate about it that's that's one of my favorite things about this whole thing is if you have a good time and you do it well and you know to the best of your ability um the world is small enough that people will take note and uh, you can make a splash. It's very fun. Well, and him and Joel had a fun time. You can go see it on our Kickstarter campaign or our YouTube channel. But him and Joe started talking about miniatures. Uh, Joel had set up Age of Sigmar on top of his Mycroft with the green mat. And he had uh, 40K with our lava mat. And then Josiah mentioned what you just said about a dining cover on top. <laughs> he has the homes at home. Well, the homes is 36 by 72, three foot by six foot. But if you put the dining cover, the outside edges are actually 43 by 79, which Whoa. gives a little extra footprint <laughs> for some of those bigger things. And that's how they got talking about just what you were saying. Buy yourself just a little more space. That's fantastic. <laughs> All right. Now your campaign is going to be running for how long? What's the uh, end date? How long do people have time to slip in and get a hold of some legs? Yeah, this is a crazy short campaign, only running from May 10th to May 27th. And what's neat about it, however, though, so we only have a, a you know another 10 days to go. Uh, what's neat about it is we've already unlocked uh, it's 600% funded. We already have 15 stretch goals unlocked. We have another 15 or so stretch goals yet to come that we think we will hit. And these are package deals that you can get your own game topper at a reduced price because when I re pre, uh, when I, uh, 
procure my next batch of toppers, my costs are going up. So this is the last chance to take advantage to of those prices. Yeah. Yeah, and for so sure. When that's you... one of the – and it, the delivery is going to be crazy quick. We're going to be delivering this stuff overseas backers. We're going to start shipping in July as soon as the wow. dining covers come in. And then USA and Canada are going to get their stuff in August. Whoa, awesome. So yeah, that's that's even before some of the conventions that are coming up and everything. So you guys will be you'll have your table ready to go when you bring it back your board game hall in the fall. Very fantastic timing on that. Um, yeah, when this episode comes out, you'll have about five days left. So if you haven't gotten onto this campaign yet, go check it out for sure. Um, because and we're, time we're also, I might add about that, we're going to launch the late pledge manager June 2nd. And the reason okay. we're doing that so quickly is so that I'm going to be at the UK Games Fair uh, oh, awesome. uh, in Birmingham, England. And that means everybody will have about a month to late pledge and get in on all of these specials, on, on their pledges to add to their orders, all of that kind of stuff before. And as soon as the dining covers come in in July, er, end of July, early August, whenever that timing happens, then that pledge manager is going to go down. And then you can still purchase product, but it's going to be on our Shopify shop. Uh, that and the prices are needing to change just because of uh, all of the increases we've incurred. Yeah, crazy stuff. Well, man, super cool. I always appreciate uh, the opportunity to talk to you. I always love seeing what you bring in Kickstarter because uh, you guys do a really fantastic job of bringing new creative products that I didn't even know I needed, but really do genuinely upgrade my gaming experience. Uh, and I'm always excited to see what the new thing is that's coming out of Game Topper. So we'll be excited to see this one wrap up, and I can't wait to know. I'm sure there'll be a 4.0 coming down sometime down the 4. pipe. 4.0 is already scheduled for next year. He's got it scheduled. To, we've got new maps. <laughs> we've got other things. If I start to tell you some of the things that we're going to do, you, your eyeballs will bug out of your head. What? All right, well, we'll get you back on the show sometime soon then apparently because i'm ready for some bug out action <laughs> uh thank you so much Berkey, for being with us uh give us one more time just where people can find this uh give us that ending date one more time uh, we want to make sure that everybody sees their opportunity before it slips away you can still get in on kickstarter game toppers 3.5 on kickstarter you can go to game toppers llc.com you'll have the links there facebook twitter same gig instagram uh the campaign runs through may 27th and then the late pledge manager will launch june 2nd and you'll have about a month a month and a half to still take advantage of those specials uh, but if you get in now, you're going to see uh, there's some items that are very limited quantity also. Uh, so if, like if you want to get one of those dining covers, jump in now and get it right away because they're almost sold out. Uh, and then we have limited amount of packages, too. And these package deals, we're giving away a free game map with the packages. So there's that huge accessory bundle. So uh, if you get a chance to take a look at it, see if it's something that, that would interest you. And if it's in your budget, we'd love to have you a part of Game Topper Nation. Woohoo. Thank you so much, Berkey. Great times. Best of luck on the wrap up of this campaign. Uh, you too, guys. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Man, always love opportunities to hang out and catch up. He is such a solid dude and very excited to see uh, just the expansion of their lineup. Uh, it's hard to believe that this all started with just a little simple concept uh, several years back, and now they've built an empire of game topping awesomeness. I think we've got one more uh, shout out to another sponsor for this episode. This episode is also sponsored by Grand Gamers Guild. They have their new expansion coming to Kickstarter soon for their game um, Artemis Project. And this one is Commanders and Satellites. If you don't know anything about Com uh, Artemis Project, it is a dice worker placement game based on um, the expedition of some of the moons of Jupiter. And um, it is... Unlike some other dice worker placement, this one, every die has a positive um, role in what you need to use it for in the game. So even if you roll high or roll low, all are needed to do well in the game. So uh, that is coming to Kickstarter soon from Grand Gamers Guild. Guess who else is in the house? <laughs> Let's welcome Mark to the house. Hey! hey! Mark, welcome to the house. It is a pleasure to be at the house. 
Hey, hey, thank you so much for joining us. Now, the very first question out of the gate, of course, has to be, how do you feel about Moon Knight? <laughs> oh, um, to be honest with you, I feel mostly confused. Um, That's how I feel. And that I need to rewatch it. So uh, here's a story for you. How I got into comic books back when I was 13 years old is I was in algebra class and this guy turns to me and says, hey, there's this comic book character with your name. And I was like, whatever, dude, you're full of crap. You're just right. trying to you know, <laughs> yank my change. He says, no, 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 really. And so he uh, next day he brought in a Moon Knight comic book. And that was the third um, third run, like the third series. And it was called Mark Spector Moon Knight. Um, uh, oh, right cool. on the label. And so – and that just was the deep dive off of the cliff of comic book enthusiasm, and I spent way too much money over time. I do not collect <laughs> comic books anymore, but I do love the Marvel content. And um, but some of you know, I was really expecting a street level thug daredevil style show, and mm. they obviously, for good or ill, took it up a notch yeah. and went with the whole supernatural, um, and obviously really leaned into the. Uh, a mental illness sort of aspect of it or multiple personality thing, which yeah, I think yeah. it's pretty fair to say that's a mental illness. Um, so yeah, it wasn't what I was expecting. Uh, so I will say that it is definitely not my favorite. Unfortunately, okay. I wish mm, I it, know, it right? probably is. <laughs> it's probably getting a little more credit because it's, you know, <laughs> right. But, uh, a little higher. I remember the first time I met you, I think I was with Ryan and Ryan asked you, I believe, Hey, do you know who Moon Knight is? And I had no idea. I was totally in the dark. No, no clue what's going on. Still didn't know until finally. No, now there's a show. Now I care about it. <laughs> yeah. And what a great name. Mark Spector. Can't beat that. All Thank right, so you. what we're Thank here you. to actually talk about is your Kickstarter and some games you got coming up. Uh, give us the rundown. What are we looking at? What are you excited about? And uh, what, what do we need to know about? Sure. So I am super excited to announce the long-awaited, at least by me anyway, expansion to the Artemis Project called Satellites and Commanders. Um, it's it's it really that's what it is. It is two new mechanisms, uh, satellites and commanders, that will elevate the gameplay. It is the kind of expansion that it feels like we pulled it out of the base game to add it in later, but we didn't. This was you know once Artemis Project saw success and continued to perform. Uh, I went to the team and I said, hey, let's get more content here. And um, uh, while Daryl took a back seat to this particular expansion, uh, Daniel took the lead and here we are. So satellites and commanders, which uh, I don't know if you want to ask me or if I just keep going um, with what it is. So I guess I'll stop and, and let you ask me a question. Sure, sure. So we've all had, I think we've all had the opportunity to play the base game, uh, which is a complete experience in and of itself. I mean, uh, that one is based on another game originally, right? Didn't it come from? Well, I would say it's inspired by my love of Alien Frontiers. Okay. Um, my, my personal opinion of Alien Frontiers is that, one, it's a great game, but I think uh, at two-player in particular, it has a runaway leader problem. Uh, mm -hmm. People can argue that with me. It's totally fine. Uh, and when I saw the prototype for what was then called uh, it was something about Venus doesn't matter uh, way back when uh, I you know my, my love for alien frontiers was still uh, very much there and it definitely as a as a space setting dice placement game uh, screamed publish me and uh, and so I did Pay some cool homage. Yeah, we've enjoyed that one a lot, and it does not feel like it needs an expansion. It's not the type of game where uh, you know anything was broken that I was aware of, or that there was pieces that felt like they were missing. So I'm excited to hear that there is new stuff, and even more excited to hear you say that it feels like it should have been part of the original. So definitely give us that rundown. Tell us what we were missing that we didn't know we were missing. <laughs> sure. So first of all, I hope, fingers crossed, probably regret these words later, that I never put out an expansion that is fixing something that we didn't properly develop in the initial right. game. Right. Let's lay that foundation. I'm far <laughs> from perfect, but that is the hope. So secondly, um, you know, Artemis is a really tight game. And in the new content, I don't think we removed too much of that tightness. Um, but let's go through that. So the first thing you have is the satellites. And these are off-site locations that snug onto the corners of the board and allow you to place a dice on them, which once again can be displaced by a lower value die. And they will allow you to affect 
your interaction with the different parts of the board. So for instance, a satellite in the bottom right corner of the board might have an effect on the way you interact with the vents in the quarry to take your, your primary resources. Um, a satellite in the top left corner of the board might affect the gantry and how you interact with the buildings um, and, and what's required when you finally get to take your building. Uh, the base offering with respect to the satellites is going to come with a dozen different satellites that can all essentially be mixed and match. I mean, they all are assigned to a corner of the board because from a graphic design perspective, they are, their interaction affects a particular spot on the board. But um, yeah, I mean, you probably do the math. There's hundreds of, of experiences there. Um, and then you have the commanders, uh, which are a new class of, of colonists. And they kind of are what you would think they are. They are more powerful than your ordinary colonists. So the base game had pioneers and engineers and marines and stewards. Colonists, uh, I'm sorry, colonists. Commanders are a an elevated colonist that allows you, to, it acts as a wild. It adds power to the die when you place them. It can function as a wild um, in your buildings and it functions as a wild in your set building at the end of the game. So cool. huge versatility, really tough to acquire. Um, we actually turned, and this was one of my goals, was to turn the expedition badges into a currency. So you are sacrificing expedition badges, uh, which are po- which are point-earning items at the end of the game to get some gameplay flexibility. Cool. And yeah. then what does everyone want? They want replayability. So if you've already played Artemis and you feel um, you burned out, although I don't think you would be, on the existing events and expeditions and buildings, um, this campaign will be chock full of all of those. And I dare say that they are a step up in complexity, uh, not only um, – just because we've set the foundation is probably a better way to put it. So now we can we can take the buildings up a little bit. And of course, um, the events, expeditions, and buildings that we're adding in will interact with the satellites and will interact with the commanders. Uh, so cool. it's a nice, snug little package. Very nice. Now, when you say the campaign will be chock full, are you talking about the game campaign or are you talking about the Kickstarter campaign? I am talking about the Kickstarter. No, 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 no. Just Kickstarter <laughs> campaign. Um, one day I hope for an Artemis big box because okay. I have um, I have other ideas that will go unmentioned here. Um, we, we, we can perhaps talk about those offline because they're not Can't even wait. realized yet. It's it's more it's more conceptual. You know, I need an actual designer to design something um, before I make an announcement of it. But um, yeah, but I mean, I, I don't. I have not looked at Artemis on a campaign level. Um, I know there were people who wanted story cards at some point where the events would tell a, a, a progressive sequence uh, uh, throughout the six rounds. Um, we have not gone that route yet. Not saying it's out of the question. But anyway, the idea is that one day, uh, hopefully, there will be an Artemis big box with all the modules, mix and match, dice craziness. Cool. Awesome. The future dreams. So tell us a little bit about that campaign. Uh, are you this camp, This podcast goes live next Monday. So give us the timeline and then is there anything cool going on during the campaign that we need to know about? Uh, sure. So I am going to be bold and predict that by the time the audience hears this drop, we're fully funded. The game's going to be made and it's time to jump in and help us hit those stretch goals. Um, and uh, and so from a stretch goal perspective, and you may remember, I'm not anti stretch goal, but I'm actually not about putting stretch goals into campaigns that I don't think need them. So we yeah. ran Garinto. As a stretch goalless campaign, we ran Aldabas as a stretch goalless campaign because the systems were just so tight and well put together that it didn't make sense to add on a bunch of things that were unnecessary. But in the spirit of replayability, in the spirit of providing a more robust Artemis experience, our stretch goal structure is essentially going to be based on adding more satellites, more expeditions, more buildings and more events and just boom, boom, boom down the line. Um, to provide even more Artemis and more replayability and more variety. Um, there's not a lot more we want out of this expansion. I think that the satellites and the commanders really do add some joyful mechanisms that are going to have uh, a lot of a lot of room to explore. So, um, I mean, I'll come back to, you know, in ancient gaming history, you may remember that the expansions to Small World were just at the beginning anyway, were just more races and more um, yeah. more powers. And that was amazing because the, the core game did what it did so well. It was super solid. You didn't need to add craziness. 
not looking to add craziness, just looking to add a lot more fun to a system that I already um, really believe in. Perfect. Love Sounds to hear fantastic. that. Yeah. So we are going to be at a couple of conventions this coming season. Where can we expect to run into Grand Gamers Guild? Oh, I will be everywhere, as usual. I just got back from Geekway to the West, where we had a spectacular show. Um, I will say that Endangered and Garinto continue to be the little engines that could. Um, People love them, and uh, they just keep building Steam, and I'm super excited to keep both of those series going in their own ways uh, in the not-too-distant future. Um, We're going to be at Origins. We're going to be at Gen Con. We're going to be at Essen, and we're going to be at PAX Unplugged. Cool. Well, we will see you at several of those, I'm sure. Uh, we've got a number of different team members going to different ones, but uh, we will definitely connect and hang out and play some cool new games. And, Maybe we uh, can go to the uh, you know the German restaurant, get giant Bavarian pretzels, have, have a magic yeah. thro- a magic throwdown <laughs> throw duel down. or something. Yes. Oh. Can't wait. Rathskeller. Oh. Rathskeller. Yes. That's what it's yep. called. Yep. Excellent times. Well, man, thank you so much for tuning in, for hanging out with us and kind of giving us the rundown. Uh, I'll also look forward to the secret after show information that we'll be getting <laughs> later. And uh, as always, it's a pleasure, man. Thank you for being a part of this episode. I love you guys. Thanks for having me. Bye. Man, Mark is a blast. Always love hanging out with him and especially having opportunities to uh, work the booth with him and have some fun at shows and things like that. Um, good luck to their campaign. Uh, it's, it's a very cool looking game. I'm sure it's going to do very well. Um, Let's go ahead and take uh, the turn right now and talk about some of the other games that are coming to Kickstarter in our Kickstarter Conniption. Kickstarter Conniption! This episode, we'll be talking about three games coming to Kickstarter uh, the last couple weeks of May 2022. We'll start us off. All right, so one of the games that I'm actually kind of excited about that's coming to Kickstarter soon is called ARCS, A-R-C-S. It's from Leader Games, and it's illustrated by Cole Worley, the guy who brought us uh, Root and all those cool illustrations. Um, This new game is going to be more of a area control battle card game campaign style. Um, You know, it's one of those like complex good types of games that you'd expect from leader games. Uh, It's from designer. Oh, I'm sorry. The designer is Cole Worley. The artist is Kyle Farron. Um, This is a three to four player game where you will be starting off with pretty similar factions, but over the course of the game, the game takes about 60 to 90 minutes to play a round of, uh, over the course of the game, you're going to be taking some different turns, making some choices. You're going to be building out your faction, I guess is what you would call it, uh, in some unique ways. And then you're supposed to play this game in three, uh, like a trio of rounds. So you're supposed to play one entire game and then reset. And at the end of the game, you'll choose a lot of you kind of have this like intermission. It's not really the end of the game. It's an intermission between the three rounds where you'll then spend the points that you've collected. You'll add up the the choices and changes that you've made, and then you'll enter that second game, the second part of the round, uh, to play a second time and then a third time as well. Uh, The game will be doing, you'll be doing some exploration. There's some dice rolling. There's like basically trick-taking. You'll be hand-managing your cards and uh, playing those. Not necessarily in battle. You don't have to battle each other in the game. You can choose to avoid that or to strategically do more or less of it. Uh, But the game battling does happen pretty quickly uh, using kind of a unique dice system. Uh, But the majority of the game will be area control, moving your pieces around, um, strategizing uh, your turn each round. And kind of building out it's this huge world, basically, that you're exploring and growing into and changing. Uh, it's a sci-fi theme, so you're actually traveling to other galaxies and sectors and things like that. Um, so that is ARCs coming from Leader Games, and be sure to check that one out. It looks like some really cool stuff going on there. Ryan, what are you looking at? Coming May 26th from Acolyte Cooperative Board Games is Hacktivity. And this is a game about... there's some sort of computer virus it has uncovered or started or something some quantum generators whoa infinite sources of energy it sounds like a good thing but apparently it's not so you have to disrupt the generators (laughs) and stop the virus it's a cooperative game Uh, you're going to be working to uh, eliminate interference cut out the generators and work together as a team to stop this virus there's a a big campaign, lots of scenarios. Um, we have a overview video of it 
that should be coming out or uh, yeah, it actually, as of the publication of this podcast, it should be out today. So you should be able to check that out. Hacktivity from Acolyte Board Games. What do you got, Jonah? Yeah, come into its crowdfunding source on May 31st. We've got Moon, and I believe this is coming from Finister. Ooh, Finister. Sinister Fish <laughs> Games. Uh, it's a one to five player game. Takes about somewhere between 60 and 90 minutes to play. And it's all about, it, it's it's a uh, hand drafting game, a pick and pass game type, type thing. And you're trying to um, build the best you're trying to construct the most popular moon base. This game looks very, very similar to some of the other games they put out, uh, which are called uh, Villagers and uh, Stink. I forgot the name of their other game. It's in the same looking box as Villagers. I forget what it's called. But anyway, uh, it looks very similar to that. And uh, yeah, each hand of cards that you'll have represent a convoy of experts and equipment traveling between the player's outposts. And you basically get to choose a new construction each game. Uh, there is kind of like a twist in the game. So each hand that you'll have will contain an expedition card that grant like a free action, which you can use before your turn and before passing to the next player. And uh, like I mentioned, it's just about building uh, its streets. It came back to me, sorry. Uh, The same as Villagers, Streets, and now Moon. Uh, So actually, Moon is the third game in their trilogy, but Mm. the trilogy is kind of loose. But if you're familiar familiar with Villagers or Streets, it's going to play the same way. I've actually not played Streets, but I really enjoyed Villagers. Uh, It was one of the first games that I kind of played getting me back into gaming maybe uh, three or four years ago. So anyway, from uh, Sinister Fish Games on May 31st. Cool. So be sure to check out all those games coming to Kickstarter soon or GameFound, wherever they might be at. Uh, I think we also made some plans for our next Kickstarter, so we'll be having some news for you guys on that. It's probably not coming until early fall, but uh, just started doing some thinking and planning about what we might be doing for there. Uh, one of the other events that we're thinking about and excited about coming up is Southern Fried Gaming Expo, which is going to be happening in July. We actually have a contest going on right now. We're going to be drawing winners for it next episode. So you've got maybe like two more weeks until we'll be drawing uh, for this contest. If you'd like to have an opportunity to win a badge to the Southern Fried Gaming Expo in Atlanta, uh, then all you got to do is go to our website, tangentrumhouse.com, scroll down just a little bit on the right side, you'll see a button that says enter our current contest, sign in right there, and uh, send us your email address, and that'll put you in for a chance to win it. We're basically giving away a free weekend pass for the event. This is a lot of fun. Uh, did you make it down last year, Jonah? I think Kevin and Melissa are the ones that I came. did not. It's going to be my first time. I'm uh-huh. excited to go. It's, it's a cool one. They've got video games, pinball games, wrestling proms, wrestling proms. They've got uh, spicy food eating contests. There's all kinds of crazy stuff going on. Our kids super enjoy it. Uh, it's a good time. Lots of retro video games and things as well. And uh, a, a good number of our crew will be there. So if you're interested in catching up with us or just having a great old time in Atlanta, then get on our website and get into that contest. That'd be a lot of fun. Um, I think that kind of wraps up our episode. Uh, but if you want to hang around, I think we're talking about madness. That'll do it right there. All right. (laughs) Stick around for a little Marvel talk if you're interested in some spoilers. Bye. Bye. Tantrum House Board Game Podcast. If you liked any part of this at all, find and follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and tantrumhouse.com. Like us, share us, email us, call us, or send us a postcard to Tantrum House 306 Berry Drive, That's B-A-R-R-Y, Greer, South Carolina, 29650. Larry, have you watched watched the movie? Okay, quick, say all of the spoilers. (laughs) First off, I got to say, we did talk about this a little bit earlier in the show, because Mark Spector, Moon Knight, I guess we didn't actually talk about Doctor Strange, but I felt like that was going to be a Marvel tie-in earlier. Uh, Ryan did finally get to see it. Yes. I think Ryan probably knows more about Doctor Strange. Here's, I I here's the problem. I, I knew that Ryan would know more. So when I watched it, not thinking that it was great, I was like, maybe Ryan will come back and say it was awesome, and that'll prompt me to, to learn more. more. Yeah. But that so didn't amazing. happen. And, uh, no. No. <laughs> no. I was so disappointed. I. That's the best I can put it. 
I think it is important for people to know going into it who the director is, that there's going to be some different direction to it. You also have to have like watched. Did you watch? Here's the, the problem. Uh, what if? Did you watch? No. What Here's oh, the problem. Yeah. I don't care who the director is. You have given us twenty Marvel movies. You have a standard to live up to. If the movie doesn't live up to the standard, you shouldn't have put it out. And it's not good. Is it good? It was. It's not good. Pretty good. It's not good. <laughs> I, I felt like as a movie, whether or not it was Marvel. I feel like the the pacing wasn't quite right. Thank you. I, I, I felt agree like with you. They they kind of were just from one thing to the next most of the movie, and then um, they would get to whatever MacGuffin or plot point they were trying to do, and it always ended up being for nothing. Oh, and that nothing. bothered me. Like, what is like, a MacGuffin? I've never heard that the, word before. The, the one book that they were trying to get that's a MacGuffin because I mean it's what oh. they're after. Oh, okay. And then, if Chantel would have used that word, I would have made fun of her <laughs> immediately. I would have been like, that's not yeah. a word. No, it's, it's a literary term. It's a term okay. for like yeah. whatever the crutch plot, like the, whatever. The Maltese Falcon is MacGuffin. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> He's just reaching all of them in there. Uh, yeah. I felt like, first off, I don't know, I can't remember his name. So I, right. I actually, that's how non-memorable <laughs> this movie was. I like that they that this was a solid continuation of what has been my favorite TV series so far, which yes. is WandaVision. So oh, sure. you, you thought it was a solid continuation. I did. Explain that. I mean, well, it's, it's <laughs> based off of like right. what like, she just had. Yeah, everything in that show built up to this thing. So if see, you didn't I, see that, I disagree. It didn't build up to this. I don't know. No. See, at the end of WandaVision, she kind of has a redemptive stance at the very end. Right. And then in this film, this is, this is the second problem I had with it Mm -hmm. was they didn't spend enough time making you question whether or not she was the villain. They were just like, Oh, and she's the villain. And we'll just go well, from there. I felt like I think they should have had it. Works. They should have no, had it because... where you thought, oh, yeah, she's she's a redeemed character. Oh. And then have, like, some suspicions and then, like, a, a big reveal. But instead it was kind of like a, oh, you know, wah, wah, wah. I agree with Ryan now. I had forgotten about this. Where it, it could have been a really I'm strong much more reveal. on board. At the end of WandaVision, we liked her again. We did, well, but, we, no, but, but why did we, we didn't. like her? It was like she's we getting did. away with She murder. had the huge fight with Agatha, she did, right in the good. sky. Don't forget that but Agatha then, prophesized that she says, "Like you are the Scarlet Witch." Prophesied to, yeah, yeah. I understand. Destroy the multiverse. But, but I'm agreeing with Ryan. This movie started like, oh, she's bad. Hold on, she wasn't. She wasn't just bad. Seconds of her pruning no. some apples, and you were no. like, "Oh, she's good." And then and it was then like, was, "Oh, you were tricking me for all 15 You've been bad the whole time." I, I Got feel it. like they they took the bittersweet ending of WandaVision, threw that away, didn't bring uh, Vision in at all. White Vision could have oh, made an I appearance. I was upset. They wasn't there. Would have been there great. wasn't even a multiversal version right. of Vision. Oh. Versal version of Vision. That's Where a was he? That's uh, a question. There's anyway, lots of holes. He, he should have been there. I just felt like WandaVision was such an amazing show, mm-hmm. and this did not do it justice. She was at the <laughs> end. They threw in like, Charles Xavier uh, only in the multiverse, not in the real. Read up on all I'm not happy books. about it. I mean, I agree with that. I'm not that, happy. That was I, the one there's so No, not the one thing. There was a hundred things. For me, that was the one that hurt me. The rest of it I was on board with. I was like, oh, she's bad? No way. Okay, she started off bad. She's always been bad. She's got bad arc story. Okay, I'm fine. When they got to uh, the, the Illuminati, I was like, oh, I'm so excited. The, the, the yellow, the hand on the yellow metal chair here comes from, oh, it's him for real. And then they all die in 11 seconds. And I was like, yep. my heart has been stepped on. Yeah. That was the worst. Don't get me wrong. She I enjoyed sh- the film. I, I really did enjoy it. I just felt like it was a lost opportunity. Like it could have been a lot better. I felt like it was a lost few hours of my life. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't good. It, but yeah. I also... Like, I wasn't going to go see it because we had just spent a very exhausting weekend working an event. And Will's like, it's Mother's Day. Let's go. If I. Okay. And I'm like exhausted. So I was tired through the whole thing trying to stay but awake. But she stayed awake the whole time. I did stay awake. Unlike Moon and that I fell asleep through. <laughs> that is true. That if is we true. put the last good movie Marvel had, which is Spider-Man Homecoming. Up against that's tough, oh. Doctor Strange. Oh, How is it tough? Well, that's the, the level of movie that that's the level of movie that you guys are producing. So you can't just come in next and give us nothing. There's a difference between a character like 
Spider-Man, like Spider-Man, Tom Holland's We like Doctor Strange just fine. We like Doctor Strange just fine. Yeah. But he's not endearing. We like WandaVision. WandaVision was great. We like Wanda. Okay. We did like. Favorite parts of the film. (laughs) Okay. First, them like passing through multiple dimensions. Too fast. But but it was cool seeing all of the different cartoon versions that they went through. I thought that was a really neat idea. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wish I need to watch it again just to slow it down. <laughs> there's, there's definitely like uh, people who out there have have broken down each universe. Which is oh, very I, I need to watch that. Yeah, I think my very most favorite part was the music battle. Really? Yeah, oh. I, I thought I the music so. battle was cool. I thought the music battle was cool. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was a little cheesy. I don't know. No, I, I have it was a music fine. background. I thought, I thought it was, it was well a. It was, it was fine. It, it was, was a good idea. I was like glad that they tried something different, but I was like, this is weird. <laughs> no, I, a, the whole movie was weird. So that true, was fine. Yeah. That, I felt it fit in the movie, but it was a little out there. And I was like, oh, I'm okay with this, but it's a little. You're dead to me. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. I enjoyed it. <laughs> it was a fun time. I enjoyed the cameos for sure. I wish that there had been more meaningfulness to them other than just like, let's put every cool character in one shot and then have them all get murdered. But wait, I just had an idea. an idea. Are there other Marvel movies where characters dream? Do we need to go back and watch? Because those are just alternate realities. Alternate dimensions. I don't know if there are. I don't know that they tied that in back that far. I don't know that either. I didn't think they generally do a good job of stuff like that. But the last couple things they've put out have been so bad. I'm just assuming they're not. I don't really know that they've done too much. He's dreaming and he's actually another person. Can't remember when he is he dreaming? I don't think he's dreaming in Moon Knight. Thinks he's not, but he that's what he thinks he's doing. Right. But he's not dreaming. Sleepwalking. But well, I haven't that was seen a whole the last episode yet. So don't. I just watched the last episode. About I was about to spoil episode. it. The I first episode. Where last, up with I think in the last episode of the podcast, I thought that it was the last episode. Yes. And I was wrong. I know you were Which because really I thought it was the last lot. episode. But then I went back and was like, "There's another episode." I watched it, and there's some information I need to ask a question about. But Ryan hasn't seen uh, it. Oh, Ryan, we need your information. Okay. All right, we're gonna get information. <laughs> well, we'd be curious to know what you guys thought. If you loved Moon Knight or hated it. Let us or know. Or Doctor, Doctor Strange. Strange. Oh that's what gosh. we actually talk so about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to go play Arkham. If you love Mark Spector, oh, either one. We all love Mark Spector. All right. Catch you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.